of around town. He goes on to say, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I'm nearly sixty now, a soft grandmother of sixteen youngsters. I don't jog anymore, though I regularly make the most of my occasional bursts of energy by using the few pieces of high-tech exercise equipment stashed in our basement. The older I get, the more I understand Paul's exercise priorities. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Like the Greek athletes who lay aside even their clothing to avoid encumbrances, we Christian women need to get rid of every association, habit, and tendency that impedes godliness. Hebrews 12.1 talks about the shedding of hindrances. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There have been habits and pastimes I've had to shed over the years. For example, I used to be unable to begin my day before I read the morning news. I finally noticed that I consistently headed for the front porch for the newspaper before I reached for God's Word. It seems like a simple thing, a newspaper, but I found I had to cancel my subscription in order to pursue a better habit. I have also had wrong ideas that have had to be altered or replaced by truth based in God's Word and in His character. I've had to dump lots of dead weight. What is weighing you down today? Those things will have to go. Once you've removed obstacles and hindrances, your call to training also demands that you direct your energy toward godliness. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified, writes Paul, 1 Corinthians 9.27. Remember Paul's instruction to train for godliness? Just a few sentences later, he comments on this command, saying, For this we labor and strive, 1 Timothy 4.9. In the Greek, labor means strenuous toil, and strive is the word that gives us agonize in English. In other words, Paul isn't promising us a cushy, low-impact workout. Spiritual disciplines call for serious commitment and no-pain-no-gain effort. Athletes in serious training willingly undergo hours of discipline and pain in order to meet the goal to win the prize— Many women will understand this easily in physical terms, having already made a commitment to train their bodies, spending long hours at the gym for the outward prize of a trim figure. But even those women may be neglecting to bring that same discipline to a flabby soul. Do we have to? Why should we Christian women turn our attention to the disciplines that will train us for godliness? First of all, because in today's world and in today's church, disciplined Christian lives are the exception, not the rule. Some people might like to find an excuse by saying, oh, but that's always been true. Actually, it hasn't. Many periods of church history have been characterized by the amazing discipline of believers. We can come up with plenty of reasons why Christians today avoid the disciplines that lead to godliness. Maybe teaching has been poor. Maybe it's the laziness of individual believers. But one reason that stands out in our current culture is fear of legalism. Let's face it, many of us think of spiritual discipline in terms of living the letter of the law, or as a series of draconian rules that no one could possibly live up to. Such legalism seems to us a path to frustration and spiritual death. But true discipline is a far cry from legalism, thank God. The difference lies in motivation. Legalism is self-centered. Discipline is God-centered. The legalistic heart says, I will do this thing to gain merit with God. The disciplined heart says, I will do this because I love God and want to please Him. 
The true heart of discipline is relationship, a relationship with God. John Wesley's words express this relationship beautifully. O God, fill my soul with so entire a love of Thee that I may love nothing but for Thy sake and in subordination to Thy love. Give me grace to study Thy knowledge daily that the more I know Thee, the more I may love Thee. Create in me a zealous obedience to all Thy commands, a cheerful patience under all Thy chastisements, and a thankful resignation to all Thy disposals. Let it be the one business of my life to glorify Thee by every word of my tongue, by every work of my hand, by professing Thy truth, and by engaging all men, so far as in me lies to glorify and love Thee. Paul knew the difference between the motivations of legalism and discipline, and he fought the legalists all the way across Asia Minor, never giving an inch. Now he shouts to us, Terrain.